0: What happens when you look at creativity through the lens of therapy and vice versa? You have creativity in an ever changing world with Dr. Judy Bloom and Richard Skipper. In every episode, they come together with amazing artists who prove that with just a little ingenuity, we are all creative beings and that the gifts lie within despite the challenges of the outside world. And now, here are Dr. Judy Bloom and Richard Skipper.
1: Happy Tuesday, everyone. Do not check your calendars. Now, normally we do our show on Thursdays, but there's been a lot of scheduling issues with Dr. Judy Bloom and myself this month. But today we're doing a very special edition of this show. Today, and Dr. Bloom is waiting in the wings, and we have an amazing cast because we are going to be celebrating a show that I have fallen in love with called Chasing Rainbows. And I have been chasing this show for quite some time. I saw it several years ago, originally at the Goodspeed Opera House, and then I saw it at the Paper Mill Playhouse. And I will go anywhere to see this show. It's such a loving homage to the early years and the trajectory of Judy Garland's early years from Frances Ethel Gum and to the Wizard of Oz. And it's done with such love and precision and such an amazing team of people have brought this together. And several of those people are all waiting in the wings to tell you their amazing story today. And we're gonna be celebrating them. But as we've done all this month, we begin today with the one and only Judy Garland. Here she is. And on the other side, we'll meet the other Judy. Here she is.
2: Smiled at me I heard a melody It haunted me From the start (laughs) Something inside of me Started a symphony Sing with the strings of my heart Was like a breath of spring I heard a robin sing about a nest set apart All nature seem to be In perfect harmony Sing when the strings of my heart Your eyes made sky seem blue again What else could I do again But keep repeating Through and through I love you Love you Still recall the thrill. I guess I always will. I hope we'll never defy the no But dear, with your lips to mine, oh, a divine, sing went the strays of my heart. I seem blue again What else could I do again But keep repeating to and through I love you, love you I still recall a thrill I guess I always will I hope you'll never depart
1: Hello, Judy. Welcome back. Oh, <laughs> it's so good to see you. I mean, I always begin my shows by asking who or what are you celebrating today? But I have to say that after two years, I am celebrating the fact that you and I finally met this month. I agree. <laughs> yes, it was great to finally meet you uh, and Tom. And we had such a great time here in New York. So uh, I, And thank you for everything. We had a great time.
3: So did we. We we enjoyed absolutely every minute of it. And you really uh, gave us a taste of New York that we wouldn't have had otherwise.
1: Well, thank you. Uh, We are celebrating Judy Garland all this month. And I want to ask you um, if, I mean, I'm hoping that you are a Judy Garland fan as well, uh, especially today. Um, And what is it about Judy Garland that resonates with you? And do you have a favorite moment in her career, whether it be film, concert, or something that stands out the most for you?
3: Well, I grew up with The Wizard of Oz. So, you know, I, I mean, that was a staple at our home. Um, so that that's what certainly resonates the most with me. And, you know, I think it's just, she represents hope and struggle and, you know, wanting acceptance, right? Wanting love, searching for it all the time still believing that it's possible. You know, I think that's what, you know, when when we talk about rainbows, what are rainbows? Rainbows are, you know, our hopes and dreams, right? So she is the rainbow. And I think that's really what keeps her being the icon that she is, you know, (laughs) at 100.
1: Well, maybe those are the themes that we're going to be talking about today. And I also want to mention to everybody who's watching that we are going to do a giveaway today. I'm going to give away a Judy Garland item. And the winner is going to help uh, choose the item based on the guests that I've had all this month. And all you need to do is respond uh, with any questions with the hashtag vision. And as I mentioned, this incredible show, Chasing Rainbows, The Road to Oz, all of those themes, of course, are in this. And I'm going to bring on the book writer for that. And that's Marcus Ito, who is here, who's going to position himself. Uh, and uh, here, Mark. so welcome to the show, first of all, Mark, I have, uh, have a good fortune of seeing uh, the growth of this show. Uh, not only from Goodspeed uh, to Paper Mill Playhouse, but it didn't start at Goodspeed. I know that it started at Flat Rock and even before that in workshops. So first of all, thank you for being here. And I know that uh, Tina Marie, who's gonna be coming on right after you, uh, will tell us about how it really began. But when you were brought on board to write the book, where did it begin for you?
4: As uh, Dr. Judy just said, the uh, it was the rainbow. Uh, Tina Marie uh, Casamento Libby, who is our conceiving producer, met with me, and she was talking about her experience of uh, uh, of Dorothy as an orphan, always wondering where Dorothy's parents were, and that when she sings over the rainbow that her interpretation was always that that uh uh, Dorothy was singing to her parents and the idea that they were in heaven Mm -hmm. and I had never met other than Salman Rushdie of all people with whom I shared a green room on a, a, a book tour and Tony Kushner with whom I walk my dog Tina Marie is the only other person who actually had that insight into the Wizard of Oz as an allegory for the afterlife. And in my particular case, I, I saw the Wizard of Oz for the first time when I was three, which was 1969. And uh, shortly thereafter, uh, Judy died. And I remember my father reading the obituaries in the morning, which is what he does every morning. And he said to me, hey, look, there's this, uh, do you see this picture? do you remember Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz? And I said, yeah. And he said, she's dead. And (laughs) because my, (laughs) my family didn't believe in, you know, sort of sugarcoating the truth. But in my mind was this idea of going over the rainbow as an idea for heaven. And I associated those things. And when Tina Marie shared that experience, and it goes a lot deeper from our own personal experiences with loss, I just knew in that moment, oh, I, my whole life has been a preparation for this particular show, in this particular moment, with this particular woman, uh, and we've, we've been at it ever since. And every time we're troubled by it, I remind myself and others of that intuitive sense that we all had, that this was something that felt serendipitous.
1: Well, So we I'll, just always gonna, return to that. I'm going to share something with you. I was eight years old when Judy died. And I remember uh, my cousin coming over and breaking the news that Dorothy had died. And mm-hmm. uh, and I even talk about this in my one man show. I threw myself on the floor and I screamed, I can't go on. And I was crying and my mom grabbing me. Judy, you may want to analyze me on this. <laughs> my mom grabbed me and said, you don't even know this woman. Uh, why are you acting this way? But I felt like my whole world was crashing down around me yeah. because The Wizard of Oz was this, it was a family event for me because the mm-hmm. family came together every year to watch this. And I thought in my eight-year-old mind that because she was now gone, that I would never see the movie again. And that, oh. was, that was the way that my mind processed it. And, uh, and that was traumatizing to me at that time that not only was she gone but everything else that she was about was
4: gone as well and well that, and that's the thing i think that that young people today don't understand is that you know it was it, it, it was once a year and if you missed it you missed it that was it, it
3: was an and
4: and it, in that regard it was like a rainbow
3: yeah.
4: that you know you just the rainbow is there and if you catch it you catch it and if you don't it's you know it's gone in an instant And I knew as well, even though her life was full with so much struggle and ended so sadly, that I would be able to tell the story of her youth because of that metaphor, because the idea that uh, the song Over the Rainbow is neither happy nor sad. It just says, why can't I? Why can't I uh, get over the rainbow? It's, It's an existential question that we all live with.
1: Well, I want to bring Tina Marie on because Yeah, please. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh hello Tina and Hi. first of all welcome. Um you know, I I'm I'm assuming uh, I think well I'm, I know I know I'm older than you are. Uh so uh I'm sure that your first uh, introduction to Judy was also through the Wizard of Oz, am I correct?
5: Yes. Uh, yes. And
1: is is that also the hook for you as far as who she is and what she's about? And when did you uh, get to know her beyond The Wizard of Oz?
5: Um, Well, you know, honestly, I was a teenager and I was so obsessed with, um, as Mark was saying, as a seven-year-old watching, you know, Dorothy and saying, you know, where are her mother and father? And then she sang Over the Rainbow and I was like, oh, I know. I know where her mother and father because I had lost my mother at a young age, and so I felt like I really connected with this girl. And so after that, I wanted to continue learning about the actress playing Judy Garland, because I, or playing playing Dorothy, because I think I knew I wanted to be in the business at a very young age. I loved going to theater, and I I had a, uh, you know, some talent for singing in theater, and I was a professional actress for a really long time. Um, And as a teenager, I thought, well, the best way to start is to read biographies about Judy. Um and I read this biography, and when I read that her father passed away at age 14, I was like, I knew it. I knew that the actors playing Judy, playing Dorothy, had a connection to that song in a in a really special way because her father passed away just before um she made that movie. And I felt an instant connection with her. And then it was like I just wanted to read the biography of her life. I always wanted to go back to the beginning after meeting Me in St. Louis. I, I would go back to the beginning. But then I just started watching all of her movies. And at that time, I would go to Blockbuster and rent all the movies and, and just watch all the Andy Hardy films and all the movies that she did um, later in life. And I just was really quite, um, I felt very connected to her in a, in a weird way.
1: But one thing that I wanna add, not only did you know, her father die just on the precipice of her success, but her mother remarried within seconds, it seems like, of her a father way. Yes, one um, year. <laughs> in a child's mind, that is seconds. Uh, and it is, uh, you know, and that's traumatizing for a child to feel that her father is being replaced so quickly which is what yes. she was feeling at that time.
5: And I feel like she had a very special connection to her father. I, I mean, I find, you know, Mark and, and Dennis and David, and we've all talked about this, uh, that her father, you know, was a, was a man in the 1930s who was bisexual and had to hide it. And so society wanted him to be something he was not. And the studio wanted Judy to be something she was not. And I feel like the two of them had a very special connection. And I don't find it, you know, at all surprising when you later learn that even though people didn't really know about her father, that she spent the rest of her life looking for him and that she just became a, a, a beacon of hope for the gay community and just a, an icon. So much about that is fascinating to me.
1: Well, I wanna to say to both Tina and Mark, and I this gives me the opportunity to say this, uh, as a gay man, and as a subject that is so delicately treated, uh, thank you both for the way that you handle it in the show, wow. because it is done with such respect and it's done in such a way that is not uh, uh, salacious or, it, it, I mean, it was handled so well that it's not like you're hit between the eyes with it. Uh, and it's not, uh, a major focal point. Uh, in some productions, it could have been done in such a way that could have been cringing to the audience. Mm-hmm. And I I, I I applaud both of you
4: for the way that you handled it. So thank you, thank you. Thank you. I, I, I just want to say, Tina Marie, that gave us a guiding principle. I'd say I, I probably from day one, I think, was uh, the notion that this is a woman with three living children. And, uh, and with grandchildren, um, and that, uh, Tina, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it was, uh, if you want to say what it Yeah, you, you're I
5: mean, she still has three living children and, and grandchildren. It was very, very important to me that I let the family know what we wanted to do and that we honored the family. Um, it, it, was, it was very important that we told her story in a way that was respectful to her memory. And that's, you know, we really wanted to celebrate her and celebrate the early part of her life, which people know very little about. They know a lot about what happened after after uh, Wizard of Oz. And, um, and that's when people became fans. But, like, what happened before, to me, is such a heartfelt, incredible human story that is relatable and um, compelling.
1: Now, I consider, I mean, when you're working with a Great company, such as the one that you have created, uh, both at Goodspeed and uh, Paper Mill, and I'm sure at Flat Rock as well, Um, it becomes family. So everyone in the wings are family, but there is someone in the wings that is more family to you, Tina, than anyone else here.
5: Do you (laughs) want to introduce that person? um i assume you're talking about david libby yes of course um, he mm-hmm. is the arranger and has composed a lot of the original music for the show and has done the orchestrations um the incredible talented jazz man himself
1: yes <laughs> hi david welcome
6: hey richard
1: so
5: i mean you both uh, i mean you you live together
1: you you collaborate together you i mean is it Judy 24/7 in your household
6: <laughs> Well, there, there there are times there are there are periods of of over the past what uh you know 6 7 years that certainly it has been uh Judy 24/7 um uh you know but uh you know it's it's just been a it's been a a wonderful journey uh for me an ever deepening appreciation of 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 Judy and uh you know when I was uh, uh, when Tim Marie first approached me with the music uh, uh, and I started to do a little uh, digging into some of the... Of course, I was also, like everyone has talked about, uh, just completely enthralled with uh, over, uh, The Wizard of Oz. In fact, I remember uh, being... having a really, uh, I don't know, like a, a sort of a, a mind-blowing moment when I realized that that Judy Garland was not Dorothy, that those were two separate people. You know, for me, they were, it, it was really just, it was almost like a Santa Claus moment when you find out, you know, wait a minute, she, that's not an actually Dorothy. No, that's a, that's an actress who plays that. So, you know, and that, that, the movie of course uh, uh, occupied a, uh, like anybody I think uh, who grew up in uh, uh 20th century, or since the movie was was uh, was created, it just occupies a huge place in the cultural imagination. Uh, uh, um, but I did not know as well uh, her other work, including um, the the Andy Hardy stuff and and uh, uh, some of the earlier things, and even some of the later things. But what really appealed to me when I started digging into uh, and doing the research and digging into her her, her movies w- was just. Because as Tina Marie mentioned, I'm I'm a jazz musician by, uh, by you know, like that's my, uh, uh, I guess you would say that's my first language, you know, musical language, and so uh, that isn't really represented in The Wizard of Oz. Um, you know, you have these incredible ballads, but you wouldn't necessarily say it's a jazz score per se. Um, but if you go back and you look, start looking into the earlier things and you find that, uh, wow, uh, she had an innate sense of swing and rhythm um, that <clears throat> is just infectious. And mm-hmm. it just uh, immediately won me over as soon as I started viewing those things. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so, and, and as far as the score itself goes, um, we as it evolved, we, we sort of discovered that um, it, what kind of it revealed itself to us was that the, the numbers in which she's performing, say at an audition or, uh, uh, you know, at the Shrine Auditorium or, or uh, you know, any number of like like when we're, she's actually there, then we treat that as a period piece, like a jazz number. But then in the moments that are more book oriented, where it's more of a storytelling a uh, thing that is not a performance per se, it's a character, uh, you know, uh, having a journey, an emotional journey. Uh, uh, then we found out that, you know, we had a lot more latitude uh, w- with that stylistically and we could, uh, you know, invoke some other styles and let whatever the, the dramatic moment uh, and the emotional moment uh, happened to be in the story of Judy uh, dictate to us, you know, where we go with the music. Um, uh, so it's really, it's it's been a, you know, it's been a great collaboration uh, and journey with Tina Marie, particularly, you know, Tina Marie particularly approached uh, me with this catalog of songs and, you know, my, because I am uh, sort of a more of a traditionalist, I'd say in, in, in some respects, Uh, I would have probably approached the music much more with a much more uh, true to period feel uh, approach. Um, But she really helped me, uh, you know, guide me as far as like the actual emotional tone of it. So when, you know, for instance, a good example of that would be uh, I'm Always Chasing Rainbows, which I always sort of, you know, I always love that song, but I also also... Uh, very much thought of it, uh, or, or, you know, just thought of it as a very almost sentimental kind of, you know, slow ballad. It's kind of wistful and said, I'm always chasing rainbows, you know, and sort of that kind of a feeling. And that was not the moment, uh, stylistically that we wanted at all. Mm -hmm. Emotionally we wanted it all. And, And particularly Tina helped me, uh, you know, guide me towards that. And, um, so it became a very different, a different, um, uh, arrangement than than I think people have heard, and I think that's true with certainly other songs like uh, uh, you know um, if I only had a brain and uh, some of the other songs. That, you know, I think that I think that one of the hopefully one of the things that uh, is appealing for the for folks is that there are some surprises there musically. Oh, great, great surprises. Yeah. Um,
1: I want to bring on our next guest uh, because he absolutely helped shape the show. Um, And uh, I I don't think that uh, your uh, director choreographer can hear uh, what I have to say about him before I bring him on. Uh, But Dennis Jones happens to be uh, one of my favorite uh, director choreographers, bar none. Uh, And I'm just going to say this, because I was having a conversation. I'm going to drop a name. I was having a conversation with Cheetah Rivera. And I said... She said that, with all due respect to everyone who's working now, with a lot of choreography in a lot of shows now, you can change the costumes, put them in a different show, and you don't have a sense of who the choreographer is anymore. But with Dennis Jones, the choreography is specific to the show, and it is so perfectly put into each show. When I see a show, I know that Dennis Jones... Has his stamp on it, and he is the perfect person for that show, and the perfect person to come on right now. And he didn't hear anything I said. So, uh, Dennis, welcome to
7: the show. Thank you. I didn't. I didn't listen to one word of it, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a thing.
1: <laughs> I'm such a fan of yours, so I'm thrilled you're here.
7: Oh, we well, are um, very kind, and it's so nice.
1: So, to you. Uh, thank you. So, uh, how when you know when you were first approached to be involved in this production. Uh, obviously there has to be something that's going to attract you. What was it that first attracted you to this project?
7: Uh, well, I mean, I, you know, I like the, the, the rest of my creative family have very specific, you know, connections to, uh, to The Wizard of Oz and to, to Judy Garland. I, I was just enjoying hearing um, others' stories, which I have heard before, but I could hear again and again. <laughs> I mean, I was also one of those people who watched it once a year uh, on, on, on television and looked forward to it so much that um, the fact that it was only on once a year, I had a, a tape recorder and uh so one year i literally just like held my the microphone up to the tv so that i could record the entire thing on like a, a, a cassette so i could listen to it in the, the other you know 12 and a half months whatever that, um so yeah so i i felt a, a a deep connection to it as as so many people do and like and it's really exciting to see the way it it just continues to speak to generation after generation Um, And, you know, I I, I listen, I as a kid had a I would not call it a minor obsession. I would call it actually a major obsession with MGM musicals of the golden era. Like that was something that really that style that really spoke to me and and a a kind of a level of emotion and color and vibrancy and wit and dance and like all of the all of the components that made those those movies so special really, uh, really kind of like jumped out at me from the television and, and, and spoke to me. Um, So certainly being involved in a, in a musical that, you know, not only explores the early life of Judy Garland, but kind of celebrates that, that genre of film at the same time, you know, I was, I was overjoyed to, to talk to the team about getting involved with it. Um, And, you know, one of the things too, like I, I knew this on some level as a kid, but it's something that I continue to, appreciate as an adult is just what a fine actor Judy Garland was. I mean the voice is sensational. I mean and but what but what she does to those songs is she 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 lives within them. She speaks to to audiences through them. It's never notes on a page. It's it's the it's the the sort of the breadth of human experience that she brings to every single word that she sings. And really I think every word that she Butters on camera, there's just something about her that is so deeply truthful. You never feel like she's either phoning it in or distanced from it, or or playing a style for style's sake. I mean, she is always being the truth, and that's that's one of the things that I think is so powerful about this musical and about the you know the the work that this incredible team of people have created. Is it, it really? I sort of identifies the parallel. Between, you know, Dorothy Gale as a character and Francis Gum as a human being, and that her connection to that character and her deep belief in creating something that was authentic and truthful um, was was essential to her. And that is that is why that performance is what that performance is. Um, so I think the musical just really very smartly and very movingly sort of takes us to the moment where she really uh, like makes this very strong case for who Dorothy Gale is based on her understanding of that character. And quite frankly, the rest is history. Sorry, that was a bit of a tangent. I don't even remember. No, the-
1: no, 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 That that's absolutely <laughs> perfect. Uh, well, that's why I, I said
7: yes. <laughs> but I
1: want to go back to something that Tina just said uh, about the children and the Uh, grandchildren, and the fact that she does have family members, we would be remiss if we did not acknowledge John Fricky and Uh, his involvement in this, uh, because he is the torchbearer, you know, for keeping Judy's legacy alive and celebrating her. How did you and John Fricky get involved, Tina, and what has he brought to the table, Mark, Tina, David, Dennis, in terms of of how all of you have worked with him in terms of what he's brought to the table.
5: Well, John was one of the first people I approached uh, when I got the rights to all the music. uh, EMI Music Publishing, Um, you know, when I approached them, they were looking for ideas for their catalog. You know, I've always wanted to be a storyteller. Um, And this was obviously something that I thought somebody would make a musical about years ago, and nobody did. Um, So anyway, I approached John and you know, met with them and, and he said, I'm going to warn you before we meet that uh, many people want to do a musical about Judy and uh, and it's a terrible idea. And then we met and I told him about exactly how I wanted to plot out the show. And he said, until now, it's been a terrible idea. But like, and he loved it because I wanted to use the songs and the lyrics to tell her story. And I'm, you know, I am obsessed with lyrics. I'm obsessed with the way music can tell a story in just the emotional tones and the way that it ebbs and flows. And I, you know, when I was an educator, I was passionate about sharing um, insight about how lyrics are interpreted. And when you look at the lyrics of the, every song was chosen based on the lyrics. And then it was passed on to David with um, an idea about what what the musical tone and emotionality was. And then he kind of developed it from there. So you know, John was was really um, you know somebody who I wanted to have on so that we did stay as John would put it in the emotional truth of her story and also present something that the family would be um, comfortable with and pleased with. And John is um, definitely a big part of our of our world.
4: Anyone yeah, know? I would, we, I would, I would, yeah, we I call would. him we call him Frickipedia. so you know anytime we need information he you know he's the go-to guy and you we uh and he gives us a uh you know again a level of truth that we're always seeking uh to uh inform the story but david you were about to say something
6: well i was just gonna say i mean he's he's really part of the family i mean he's he's uh very much been with us uh for a long long time and and uh for me i'll just say that his uh, enthusiasm for the show has been, um, uh, you know, we're taking we've taken like specifically for me, I've taken some chances musically, not to stay traditionalist and purist and really, you know, a stickler for every little note being period and just exactly stylistically from 1937 or whatever. Yes. Um, taking some chances and 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 some have taken having some latitude about how we handle the music. That uh, and his sort of overwhelmingly positive response to that approach has really sort of helped me, and I think all of us sort of keep going in that direction. Of course, you know, uh, you know, there's always along the way. There's always improvements to be made, adjustments to be made, uh, things that can be better. And and I don't want to overstate it, but just just John's uh, overall support and, and, and positive energy for the show has just really been a great energizer for us.
1: That's great. Uh, when I started doing, I mean, all this month, all of my shows have been, uh, Judy centric. And when I first got the idea of devoting this month, because this is the 100th uh, birthday of Judy, the first person that I reached out to was Karen Mason. And I reached out to Karen because not only did I see her in Chasing Rainbows, but a couple of years ago, before COVID, I saw her along with Joan Ellison, uh, Debbie Gravett, and Lorna Luft do Judy Garland's Carnegie Hall concert. And I've seen Karen do so many of Judy's uh, songs over the years. And talk about lyrics. I mean, she is a singer's singer, and you're lucky to have her in your show. And I'm thrilled that she said yes.
0: Oh, and when I asked
1: Karen to do the show, it was Karen's idea that we do this. So,
0: <laughs> Great. So uh, you get to blame me for everything. Oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Karen, thank you for being here. And she's in Cape Cod. You're getting an award, I I think, on... Saturday night?
0: Saturday, I know. This is what happens when you get old. They just start giving you a Lifetime Achievement (laughs)
1: Award. (laughs) I'm
0: getting one in Provincetown and what a beautiful place to get an award. And I'm
1: going up to see her, so I'll be there. (laughs) So Karen, how did you get involved with Chasing Rainbows?
0: Well, uh, actually I think I auditioned, but I think Tina Marie was the one I had actually, um, she was the one who convinced me to come and be part of it. She was, uh, she twisted my arm. I had gotten, I had gotten an offer to go do something else, some other show. And she called me, I mean, this is what every actor singer prays for in their lifetime and their career. Is to have somebody want you so badly that they call you personally and try to convince you to do the show. And she said, "You won't regret it. You won't regret it." And (laughs) I never did. I never did her
5: with a scone.
0: That's right. I can be bought with food. I guess this is the
7: lesson.
1: (laughs) Now, replay. You are the person who is in there twisting mayor's arm and saying you know get her into the studio and making it happen and you're you're leading this uh the kids uh in the school room you're the you know you are i mean you're just incredible in the show you've got great numbers to do
0: i do Uh, well they they, you know i've been very lucky you know so many ways i get i personally love the arrangement, the song that I get to sing is Kate Coverman. It makes me very, very, very happy. And as Ma Waller, uh, Dennis was very wise to have me kind of step back and let everybody else dance. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a very wise, wise thing. And uh, but I, I, I love what I get to sing and what I get to do in the show. I love it. It's, it's a. a just a total joy and a total gift. And to work with all of these amazing people. I mean, yeah, I mean, it doesn't get much better than this.
1: Karen, I mentioned earlier that I, you know, I, I was lucky enough to catch you in Asbury Park when you were part of that incredible Garland celebration with those original arrangements of yeah. Judy's uh, concert at Carnegie Hall. Um, when you're singing those arrangements, hearing those original orchestrations on stage what is that experience like for you and do you feel this the, uh, the ghost of judy hovering around you when you're singing uh, <laughs> these i mean those arrangements are just so phenomenal
0: yeah well what what is great about the brilliance of those arrangements is that they kind of guide you through if you pay attention to them they guide you and support you, which is what a great arrangement should do and those orchestrations you know for for the type of singer that I am they they couldn't be more more thrilling and I grew up listen i I admit I've stolen from you know the best and I stole from Garland and streisand and but I'd say probably garland was the first influence on me so to have known those arrangements for my whole life. And then to be able to sing with them, it's, it's, wow. it's beautiful. And the, seriously, those arrangements just, you know, that's the great thing about a brilliant arrangement. And, and what David has done with the show is exactly that. What it does is it supports you and, and lifts you into a whole other plateau a whole other stratosphere. All you have to do is just sing the tune and the rest of it is done for you. And, you know, it it's uh, it's great to be able to do those, those arrangements.
1: So let's face it, you've got a great book. You've got a great show. You've got a great director, choreographer. You've got great arrangements. If you don't have a great Judy, <laughs> it just ain't going to work and you got you hit pay dirt so and i know the story but before i bring judy on uh tina
5: do you want to tell how you found her yes uh so we hadn't even started doing much with the show i mean we were still working on the book we were still trying to figure out where the show was going and i'm I spent, I go a lot to uh, Broadway Artists Alliance is a wonderful program that Jennifer Johns Grasso uh, runs and is a fantastic place for kids to learn from, um, you know, people in the industry. And I was there as a panelist and this kid gets up and she is dressed like in pure, practically period clothing. It was modern clothing, but it, she had a style with these cat eye glasses. And I just thought she was so interesting and then she sang "Zing" with the strings of my heart, and she, her voice was incredible. And what was so fascinating is so many of the young people who come in an audition, they want a belt like Elphaba, or they have a, they have just a propensity to, to get up there and just scream their highest notes. And uh, this actress just naturally sang in her own voice and this beautiful vibrato, and it was, it was she just won me. And then I looked at her picture and I held it up next to a picture of Judy. And I literally wrote on her headshot, Francis, because I wasn't looking for a Judy Garland imitator. I was looking for Francis gum. I was looking for a young girl. And, um, and then her name was Ruby. Didn't hurt.
1: (laughs) No, no. And here she is. Ruby (laughs) Rekos. Ruby. Hi. Ruby (laughs) Rekos.
3: Oh, Nice.
1: Ruby, <laughs> and Ruby knows I'm such a fan of hers. She thinks I'm a stalker, uh, oh, please. you know a couple of years ago I was looking i when I did my one man show when I wanted an opening act, I called Ruby and she came in, and I just love her so much. I'm such a fan of hers uh so Ruby, this journey has been so great for you um, and you know, as happens you're growing up also. And uh, you know, it's like, she's
5: so perfect in this role, uh, you know. It's I'm like, gonna stop you right there because nobody <laughs> ever asks if Michael Mortella has outgrown the role. <laughs> no, I, I, I did not say, say he's
1: outgrown the role. I will not say that. And Michael and Julie, uh, Ruby are perfect together. So Ruby, when you got the call that you were going to do this role because I know that not only are you brilliant in this role but you also happen to be a huge Judy Garland fan
8: well actually I wasn't a big Judy fan until I (laughs) started working on the show um and Mm -hmm. like there was never like a big like you have the part moment like this has been like little increments of like oh i'll do this little table read i'll do this little reading and it's just like built up but like the big moment was just coming to audition and i had like three weeks notice and you know i was given like a list of songs to prepare and i spent those three weeks like i read biographies i watched a ton of her early movies Well, i mean i was still in high school i was a senior in high school at the time and so while I was waiting for the bus into the city every morning, I would listen to Judy's recordings of the songs I had to do. And I would sing along with them <laughs> at the bus stop, um, trying to uh, you know, just copy her cascades and her phrasing. Um, and honestly, that three weeks is the bulk of the research I've done on this role was just like a very intense <laughs> three weeks leading up to that initial
5: audition. Hmm. As I used to teach, clues and sources. You have to follow the clues and get to your sources so you know how to go to your audition. And she freaking nailed it. Well,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I, I, I always thought that you were a huge Judy fan based on things that I had seen about you and read about you. So this is a revelation to me.
8: I became one. Okay. <laughs> I was
5: I a was reformed <laughs> um, Judy fan, yeah. Like she, she sang, sang really? she sang Zing just because she loved the song. Yeah. And I naturally heard what she naturally had. And I said to her, I have to tell this. I said, has anybody ever told you that you look and sound like Judy Garland? And she looked at me in her wise years and said, I only know about old Judy. <laughs> 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 I never thought about young Judy. <laughs> and um, I was like, well, that's fascinating. <laughs>
4: Uh, and then correct. once once you learned about, yeah, I'm curious to know, Ruby, once you then did, in those three weeks, look at young Judy, did you say, oh, yeah, I get it. I can see why people might think that about me.
8: Oh, yeah. Or- I mean, oh, and when I look at photos of Judy, I mean, as a child, she looks like my mother. And then as an adult, she looks like my grandmother. Uh, so, like, I just, I immediately saw myself and her once I got into, mm. you know, her early career, you know, Love Finds Andy Hardy, uh, you know, Thoroughbreds Don't Cry, you know, I immediately felt a connection. And reading those biographies and like learning about her her, um, her childhood, I, you know, I, I found a lot of parallels. Like I was a child actor, obviously not to the degree that she was, but, you know, I, I felt a lot of these, you know, parallel connections.
4: I, I did too, and I when I was reading those biographies as a kid, I uh, I was convinced that I was the secret love child of Peter Allen and Liza Minnelli, uh, and that I because I I'm no, sure that's, that's, I didn't belong in, in my family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the, you know the dates line up, and I just I just thought you know yeah I don't belong in this family. I clearly <laughs> I belong in that family.
1: Well, for me, it was Clark Gable. And mm-hmm. Clark Gable's son and I were born the same week. Oh, so no. I was convinced that there was a mix-up at the hospital. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ruby, what did you learn about yourself uh, playing Judy in the show that surprises you the most as an actress?
8: Well, I mean, I started working on the show when I was 16. So I had never played, you know, the lead role in anything. Um, I'd not done much, you know, I'd done a couple middle school musicals. And then I I was in Billy Elliot on Broadway as a kid in the ensemble. But you know, that's a very different experience. Um, So I pretty much learned how to be an actor, and how to be, you know, a professional singer who, you know, I learned how to take care of my voice I learned how to you know lead a show you know I learned a lot about myself as a performer through the show um yeah and you know learned I was like oh maybe (laughs) maybe I know what I'm doing you know maybe I can do this
4: Oh, she- and, well, that is the interesting thing, too, as as we've watched Ruby develop as an actor. Fricky says this all the time. He says, God, she gets younger every time she does it. <laughs> and it's that, it's, but it's that it's that it's that thing about, uh, uh, you know, about playing Juliet. You know, if you get a 14 year old to play Juliet, she doesn't have the she's the right age. But that actor typically doesn't have the life experience to be able to actually convey the character. And we find that the more Ruby matures, the more she understands just the, you know the depth of what's necessary and so the performance not only gets better but also gets uh uh even more specifically so youthful yeah so yeah. it it's uh, it is it's it's a weird uh uh, uh paradigm that we get
5: she's an innately naturally talented singer and an intuitive human and i think she has great access to her emotional life and i think that she brings that um to the role you know wonderful.
1: I want to ask, because we've just, and we're not completely out of it, uh, COVID. How has this affected the journey or the trajectory of this show?
5: Wow, it's immensely affected us, Um, and and I'm going to try to be Pollyanna about it, because I think that, in a way, the time during COVID was a great time for us as a creative team to really have the time to examine the piece, examine what, I mean, I've, I've always watched every production and been squirming in my seat about things that I, that I would like to address. And, um, and I also uh, was very fortunate that we brought on a, a new partner. I have a new partner who sees what I see and has been, monumental in helping us continue to forward the show and inspiring Dennis to lead us through a new mission statement and a vision statement to forward the show. Hunter Arnold has been a fantastic partner. um, And and basically we, um, you know, spoke all during COVID and then, you know, continued to develop the show with creative team. Um, I also went through some crazy health issues during COVID. Um, and I'm happy to say that I'm a breast cancer survivor and going through no. that COVID was crazy, but also serendipitous because I think it really gave me such um, determination and inspiration to use this time to um, reconnect with the original, you know, idea of what we wanted to do.
1: Uh, Judy, do you have any questions for any of our panelists? Uh,
3: uh- Ruby, I'm wondering what what you're itching to do next after Judy. Um, I don't know. Um,
8: You know, the pandemic has sort of, like, completely sort of, you know, changed, yeah, probably what I want to do. Like, I don't know if after Judy, like, there is more acting. I don't know. I've been going to college, getting uh, my associate's degree during the pandemic, um, you know, I'd like to get my bachelor's degree in who knows what, um, you know, I I don't know. I think it's like sort of pushed me to, you know, be a more well-rounded person, um, you know, cause I've been doing this since I was 12. Like, Jeez. you know.
1: did Just it, you a know. couple of years, just a couple of years. So <laughs> we're, I, I'm gonna do a giveaway. And while I'm letting everyone giving everyone a little time. I'm gonna go around, the word is vision. So I'm gonna pull this off because I, I wanna see everyone's faces here. I'm just gonna do like a little round robin and I've got some questions that I'm gonna ask each of you um, uh, to give everyone a little time to uh, tap in. And then each of you will be given a chance to give, uh, give your final word uh, today. It can be about something that we talked about today that you wanna build upon. Uh, something that we didn't talk about that you wish we had, or just any final word that you want to leave everyone uh, with today, whether it be about your uh, particular show, something coming up, uh, or about Judy or anything, or a Lifetime Achievement Award. It could be about anything. Uh, So uh, I'll start with you, Mark. Uh, What is the best single piece of advice that you have ever received in this business?
4: Do <laughs> um, you know? I'm just gonna go with the very first thing that came to mind, which is uh, "don't look crazy in the eye." And I, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and it's actually it, it's it's again it's my father, and it actually wasn't bus- It wasn't for the business. It was you know. Uh, but I I tend to be sort of a magnet for. Uh, nuttiness and and uh, so like I've learned like on the street like don't look crazy in the eye uh, because when I catch the eye suddenly they're like oh there's my <laughs> friend I'm going to tell you my you know um and, the uh, title of your
1: autobiography Mark
4: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but I think if I could extrapolate that like why because honestly that's not the best advice I've had for the business but it's the first thing that popped into my head and I think where that relates to what we 're talking about though is that we've you know we have had to look crazy in the eye you you can't you can't write a show about authenticity without being authentic and we've had to have some very hard conversations with tears and painful uh, 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 uh painful uh, revelations to one another in order to get to that place. And in answer to what you were saying earlier about the, about the pandemic, the pandemic gave us space and time to be able to actually just be humans together Mm -hmm. and, Uh and, and, and excavate that to be able to try to find a show that truly captures what we wanted, which is something, a subjective experience of Judy from the inside. So. That's great. And that's my uh, TED Talk. Thank you very much. Uh, well,
1: uh, and it was worth it. Uh Dennis, uh, when were you the most and the least selfish in your career?
7: When was I the most selfish and the least selfish in my <laughs> yes. career?
3: Yes. Oh,
7: good heavens. Richard. <laughs> that was really hard to say um
3: what happened to no tough questions today
7: well hmm let me let me just approach it in a very broad stroke sort of way i mean i think in part because the first chapter of my new york experience the act one of my my new york experience was as a performer um and i did a number of broadway shows and i i really appreciated that time and I I loved it. And when I made the decision to walk away from it, it was, I felt like I was answering another call rather than sort of giving up. I just sort of had found something new that was, you know, very exciting to me and compelling and and something I just wanted to, you know, it was a rainbow I wanted to chase. Um, And, uh, you know, I would say, this doesn't really answer the question, but there is something about being a performer that, the just the act of doing this and getting this at the end of the evening is so fulfilling. It feels it's so it's, 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 just so simple in a way. I mean, obviously you do the whole show, but then at the end of it, your, your body literally does this and then all of these people do this and you feel wonderful. Like the sort of the simplicity of that is something that I think I will always miss. And in a way, um i feel like i didn't i didn't appreciate it enough like i I, um i i feel like i in a way that suggests selfishness in a way like i did not at the time think how much i was just going to miss that simple act because it's different you know when you're on the other side of it like you are you are rewarded in different ways for the work that you create on that stage Uh, and it's very satisfying and very challenging and, you know, it is is all of those things, but you don't do this and get this, like, it's just, that's not part of the, that's not what you sign up for. So in a way, I feel like I, I should have appreciated that. Maybe I was just selfish or I took it for granted. Um, Mm -hmm. So that that really doesn't what there's it's a two-part yeah, right? I'm gonna talk too long. No,
1: we'll all applaud mm. you now, De- Dennis.
7: Okay, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> and then the Curtain builds this. <laughs> uh,
1: David, what mm. took energy away from you this past
6: week? Wow. Um I was, I was, uh, you know, boy, there's just so many things I could talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, the first thing that leaps to mind is uh, Tina Marie and I decided on Sunday, it was a beautiful day. We went to the, uh, we went to the local gardening store and picked up some beautiful perennials and brought them back to our home. And uh, we were, we were, we, um, you know, planted them in the mulch bed in front of our, in front of our home, and uh, today I walked out and, and and discovered that when I was using the spade to do that, I cut right like, like I completely severed <laughs> the irrigation line. <laughs> so, so, so I'm gonna have to get somebody, I'm gonna have to get you know a, an irrigation crew to come out and fix that. So that was kind of a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> That'll take me away from you. I uh, please, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, so I, you know, so that's, uh, uh, I, I guess I'll just, you know, you said also just anything you want to leave me with. Um, uh, no, I, we'll, we're
1: going to come back to oh, that. We're going to oh, come okay. back to that. Yeah.
6: So, uh, Tina, what
1: is the one thing about your profession that makes you the angriest and the proudest?
5: Um, I would say that a lot of the obstacles I've had are not because of who I Am but because who I am not makes me angry, but it also makes me really proud because I have done nothing but break through barriers and overcome obstacles. And when people shit on you for want of a better word, I continue to rise up. Um and I'm proud of that, but it makes me it makes me so angry that we can't just be. Um, celebratory of everybody's successes that it's such a competitive and um, finger call me once
1: a week and we'll compare notes (laughs) Mm -hmm. thank you for saying that you know I agree Uh, that's what I'm all about celebration you know we need to celebrate each other more often so thank you for saying that and I'm right there with you Um, and Karen what scared you this week
0: uh hmm, scared me.
5: Um
0: probably I, I I the one thing it's it's not necessarily that it frightened me in a um, you know, oh my god, I'm scared way. It was more that it was um a jolt of of reality. A friend a good friend of mine passed away oh, I'm sorry. yesterday. Uh you know he's been sick for a long time, and those are the moments that you go, especially. You know, at a at a, a at a certain time of your life, when all the friends start to pass away. I've been through a few of these. You know, during the 80s and 90s, with friends dying, it's just a, a little bit of a reality check that it, it scares you into you know what I I need to be more serious about the time that I am spending with friends and making that, that happen and doing things that really mean something to me.
1: Absolutely. And I'm sorry about the passing of your friend.
0: Well, thank you. Um, yeah. sure.
1: And uh, Ruby, uh, do you feel that being at this time in your life that people are appreciating Judy now? I mean, we are now celebrating her 100th birthday but do you pe- feel that there's a resurgence in terms of the way that people are remembering Judy Garland? And you, uh, go ahead.
8: Oh yeah. I mean, for sure. I think because of the internet, you know, people's tastes are a lot broader than they used to be. Um, Cause you know, we get the exposure. I mean, I remember in, in my senior year of high school, a GIF of Judy um, in in a, uh, uh, what is, uh, in the good old summertime doing I don't care um, circulating. You know, granted I went to a performing arts school, but I've seen you know non <laughs> performing arts people like passing along that GIF. Um, so I think she's yeah. I think I, I know so many people younger than me who are huge Judy Garland fans. Um, you know. I, I think, yeah, I think jazz and swing music, you know, MGM, like it's all, it's all come back.
1: And two things that you just said, Tina, let that be your new theme song. I don't care. I don't care.
8: <laughs> it already
1: summer, everybody. <laughs> Happy in the good old summertime. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to bring this up. We're going to do a giveaway and I will let you know who our winner is going to be. Uh, so uh, great names here. Thank you all for being here today. Uh, I'm a lot of new names. Sonia Briggs. Sonia, uh, Richard at RichardSkipper.com. Again, Richard at RichardSkipper.com.
3: Yay. Send me an
1: email, and after the show, uh, we will decide what your gift is going to be. Uh, so, uh, and it'll be Judy related. So, uh, anyway, I want to thank you all for being here. Like I said, you're all going to get a chance to get your final word today, but I want to talk about vision. Uh, because I think about all of you and the vision to follow your dreams, uh just as Judy did, uh we all know through your show and through her history that she how much she wanted to play Dorothy, and she had that vision and it came true um i 've been thinking a lot lately about social media, and i 've said this on other shows, and i 'm going to say it now uh social media is uh can be wonderful like this, or it can rip us all apart. And I think about social media and I think about social and what social really should be about and socializing and getting together. And I think about social media being three steps that we can all take in building each other up. And Tina just said it beautifully. Let's celebrate each other instead of tearing each other down. Um, When you see a post, especially from your fellow artist, it takes very little effort to hit the like button, very little effort. Um, Hit the like button, share it, uh, leave a comment, even just to say congratulations. That's all you need to say, congratulations. And then if it's something that's negative or that's something that's gonna tear each other down, um, ask yourself, does it elevate me? Does it elevate that person? Does it elevate the people who are seeing this? And if it doesn't answer those questions, hit the delete button or hide it so that nobody else sees it and stop it in its tracks. And we can all be responsible for what we're putting out into the world. And I think that it's important that we all do that. I also end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Go to your... And I know, Ruby, you're not on Facebook, so you can do this on Instagram. Go to your... Mm -hmm whatever social media platform you're on and reach out to the sixth person that pops up and reach out with a phone call, not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, but a phone call and let that person know what they mean to you. Uh, As our dear friend, Sean Monagher says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. And I always say, if you're gonna go out in a boat, make sure you bring a super along. So I'm gonna leave the screen And I'm going to give you the next uh, word, Mark, and then you can pick the next person. But we're going to give Dr. Judy Bloom the final word today. Uh, So you'll pick each person will pick the next person. uh, And then Judy knows how to end the show. Uh, So thank you all for being here. Uh, I can't wait to see what the next chapter is with Chasing Rainbows. And uh, I will be there uh, cheering you on. And John
3: Fricke, uh,
1: thank you uh, So uh, John fricky if you're watching, thank you for your Judy, thank you. So I'm gonna leave and Mark, it's all yours.
4: So I just have the f- uh, word, is that it? I'm
3: uh, uh to say a final word to everybody. If you want to if there's something about yourself coming up that you want to talk about, anything.
4: No, I'm going to stay on the subject of I don't care. I don't care because uh I had that very image, that very me that meme uh was something that was shared with me from a friend who uh just recently died as well. And uh, that was sort of a, it was a running joke between the two of us uh, mm. for years. And uh, it was, it, so just now it was just a, yet another reminder to uh to you know, to connect with your, the people you love. And I, I that has been, and to make the most of, of the time that we have. Uh, so I, I just want to support that idea. I, I, I really appreciate and I'm very grateful to Richard for for presenting that as a as a as a vision. Now, do I disappear myself or is someone gonna disappear <laughs> me?
3: Richard will disappear you, but go ahead and pick the next person.
4: Ooh. Oh, that's right. Okay. So I'm gonna pick uh, Karen Mason because she plays Kay Coverman. And by the way, this book is about Kay Coverman. It just came out a biography called She Damn Near Ran the Studio which is all about Whoa, her.
0: I have to go read her, it.
4: <laughs> it's fascinating. It is fascinating. So, I'm coming back on. Who wrote the book? I want to get her on the show. <laughs> uh, Jacqueline Braitman is her name. Great. Oh, cool. it's, it's, <laughs> I'm going yeah. to look this up. Thank you
1: for bringing that up. Send me the information. She damn near
4: ran the studio. I really got to get her on the show. So thank you. Send that <laughs> yeah, yeah, to Yeah, you're right. right. Okay, thank you. <laughs> all
0: right. Uh, I would like to just continue what Mark said. You know, I, I, I uh, over the over the uh, COVID time, I think we all had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of time to really look inward, hopefully. And um, I, I, the word connection is very important to me. I've discovered phone calls. I've never been good at phone calls. Uh, I always, you know, it's like, eh, man, that's a lot of talking. As a singer, sometimes I get neurotic. Well, as a singer, I am neurotic. And um, (laughs) the word connection uh, is very important to me these days. I think, you know, I'd like to continue with that. And I'm going to choose, hmm. (laughs) I'm going with you, Tina Marie.
5: (laughs) Awesome. All right, so... I'm going to say the last thing I want to say is um, just like the wizard and the wizard of Oz, things are not always as they seem. And I think everybody needs to be human uh, and think about how people are more than just their mistakes and more than just their successes. And if we can be forgiving of people who are making mistakes and maybe focus on the good things that they've done, then we might all be a little happier. That's all I'm going to say about that. And I will pass it to David Libby because I think he'll be mad at me if I don't pass it to him.
6: What? <laughs> I, I never get mad at you, Tina Marie. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, okay. Well, uh, you know, listen, this is all of this, all of the positive uh, sentiments um, from Richard forward. I completely agree with and and am on board with and, and and echo um uh and rather than try to extrapolate further i will actually just say if you haven't checked out young judy garland the movies um if you know anybody watching this does not doesn't know those early movies um i just really want you to check them out especially songs like everybody sing um uh meet the beat of my heart uh all those are all those early uh songs uh they just reveal a whole other dimension i i feel of uh, judy that's just so winning and really i guess you know if i if i can tie it back to everything that's being said really just kind of um exemplifies all of that positive um optimism um and energy um And I'm going to pass it over to my oft partner in crime, Ruby Uh, (laughs) Raycos. Take it away, Ruby.
8: Uh, Okay. Well, um, I think I'm going to bring it back to the show um, to chasing rainbows. Uh, A lot of people ask me, you know, is it is it hard, or do you get nervous, you know, playing? Judy Garland playing someone who is so well known and who is, you know, a legend and the world's greatest entertainer. And and the answer is always no, because the show isn't about Judy. It's about Frances, Um, you know, the little girl who's, you know, got a lot of weight on her shoulders trying to hold her family together. Um, And I think her story is really relatable. And it's, you know, she's the girl behind the legend. So, no, <laughs> I don't get nervous because she's, you know, she's her own person.
3: All right. So, Ruby, go ahead and choose Dennis. Dennis.
7: <laughs> oh, Ruby, thank you. <laughs> um, wow. Well, it's this has been such a pleasure. I, I just wanted to, to thank you so much for having us. Uh, you know, something that I'm thinking about, like, in terms of the pandemic and, and what other, the other folks were kind of sharing that really, it really sort of brings me back to what, one of the things that the wizard of oz teaches us which is that time is precious we should take nothing for granted and we should we should take the time and make important telling those around us that they matter to us and that we love them um the way that dorothy gale uh you know arrives back in Kansas, and it finally is, has the, that precious moment together with her family and her friends to to express the, the importance of home and family um, is something I just think, you know, the the pandemic really taught us that you pick up the phone, you know, it, it's, it is important to tell people that they matter.
3: There's no place like home.
7: Yeah, indeed.
3: Thank you, Dennis.
7: Great. Thank you for having us.
3: It was our pleasure. And thank you all for coming tonight. Uh, rainbows, don't, don't lose the sight of the rainbows in your life. They represent your hopes and your dreams in this very difficult world that we live in. So keep chasing those rainbows. You never know, you might just find that pot of gold. Thanks for doing this.